And now, two pigeons bemoaning the fact you can stream DirecTV satellite-free. Hey, Frank, a little birdie told me you don't need a satellite dish to get DirecTV. What's the little birdie? Was it Jimmy the Sparrow? It's a figure of speech. Point is, you can stream DirecTV over the internet now. Oh, sure. Next you're going to tell me those big birds are made of metal and filled with people, right? <laughs> you mean airplanes? Stream DirecTV without a satellite dish. Visit DirecTV.com. High-speed internet service required. Terms and restrictions apply. Welcome to Anything is Possible! Obviously, I am not the one who normally says that. Uh, it's me, Jay King, Celtic Shard at The Athletic. My normal co-host, Sam J.M. Packard, is unavailable tonight. I think he went to a concert or something. I don't know how he could ever cheat on Celtics preseason action like that. But it's just me tonight. So just me to react to what was kind of a wild preseason game. Uh, another preseason overtime, which is always fun. We had people slipping on the floor, which had a bunch of wet spots. Malcolm Brogdon had sat the second half for precautionary reasons after experiencing leg soreness, right leg soreness. Celtics lost in overtime on a missed Peyton Pritchard three. Got a blessing because it would have forced double overtime. Uh, and here we are reacting to it. Uh, I'm going to take a lot of questions. So if you've got questions, by all means, by all means, please raise your hand. Uh, I would love to take some questions, incorporate some some listener feedback, and and just have a conversation that way. Um, until people ask questions, I'll just kind of write some of my takeaways from the game, share some of those. First one, Celtics were really small. They played small. Uh, and that's obviously going to be something they probably lean on while Robert Williams is out. But it's just startling to see the difference between the size the Celtics had last year when they normally started Robert Williams and Al Horford and the size they're playing now when they started Derek White in Robert Williams' place, which is basically putting a point guard, shooting guard, instead of a center. Uh, and then they played Grant Williams as the first backup center off the bench. Went small, very small, at times with their second unit. So it's just kind of a different feel for the team. And I, I do wonder how that's going to change them. Um, not just because the Raptors had a, a million offensive rebounds in a preseason game against them. But it, it's harder to defend when you're smaller. It is harder to rebound when you're smaller. And part of the Celtics' identity last season was that they were big and they defended. They were strong. And it's, it's just difficult to have that when you're playing small as often as the Celtics look ready to do early in the season. Um, and so I, I do wonder how much that will change their team, the identity of their team, the 
the look of their team, how they need to excel. Uh, and you saw, obviously, their their defense wasn't very sharp. They gave up a ton of rebounds. Uh, and the Raptors, who are very big positionally uh, in most positions, and will probably be one of the best offensive rebounding teams in the league. But but they really, really, um, I don't want to say expose the Celtics because that's not true at all, but it's just going to be a different feel for the Celtics. And, and you could you could see where the Robert Williams absence will impact them. They did not play Luke Cornette, who I thought was lined up to be the backup center. They played Blake Griffin pretty sparingly during the first half. He only played four minutes uh, and, and really, really went to some small lines. Another takeaway from the first half when the Celtics – when Brogdon was in and the Celtics had basically what should be something close to their regular rotation. Peyton Pritchard did not play. Uh, kind of anticipated the minutes crunch for Pritchard just because the Celtics have so many guards. Um, they need someone with more size in that second unit. And Sam Hauser so far appears to have grabbed some minutes with the bench, uh, and if the Celtics play Pritchard, it's just even smaller than, than they are right now, than they have been uh, through the early stages of preseason. So, yeah, the, the small lineup thing, like that, that's a change. That's a very big change from last season. And I think it's how they need to play. I think it's how they should play. Because right now, especially while Robert Williams is out, like guards are their strength. And Malcolm Brogdon gives him another very good guard. But there is a downside to that. And and the Celtics, like, they could have – they could succeed in different ways than they did last season. I think they'll probably be a, a better offensive team. Uh, at least they have a chance to be a better offensive team. You, you can see just the passing that they have around Tatum and Brown. They just have so many good passers and smart passers with – Smart and White and Horford and Malcolm Brogdon, who can really get into the paint, who can really create passes for other teammates, who has done a great job of generating three-point looks for teammates during the preseason. So the Celtics shot a ton of threes during the preseason. They were leading the the NBA in three-point makes and attempts during the preseason over the first three games. Uh, so that's interesting. That is definitely something that, that's notable, even though preseason stats aren't always indicative of what will actually happen. But this was a, another game where they took a ton of threes, 54 attempts, 19 makes. They're, sl- they're really slinging that thing. Um, we got a, a couple questions. I'll start with Josh. Be the legend, Josh. What's up? Oh, I'm so glad you called on me. I, I, I'm I'm ultra excited about this Celtics season, um, and I just I wanted to run. Ultra. Dude, I'm I'm over the moon. I'm over the moon. In in 2021, 
um, Brad Stevens moved to the front off, moved to the front office, and he hired a first year head coach, Ime Udoka. Rob Williams gets injured in the middle of the year, and we trade for Daniel Tice in twenty twenty two. Brad Stevens hires a first-year head coach in Joe Missoula. Rob Williams is injured at the beginning of the year, and we have Malcolm Brogdon and Blake Griffin. In what way, in what world, in what universe are we not better this year than last year? Just the start. And on top of that, our offense, when we have three guards, is moving and distributing the ball and draining shots and just so, so crisp. It took, a, it took Jason Tatum technically, technical fouling out, right? It took Grant Williams um, exploding a shoe. It, it took, it, it, it took, like, it, it took us losing starters, right? In order for the Raptors to win a preseason game in overtime by three points, like it took all those different that cascading waterfall of events for the Raptors to beat us in for by three points. We are going to blow the doors off of teams. God, and by the way, if they're not going to play Luke Cornett, let's just go sign Derek Favors right now or Boogie Cousins. So, yeah, my the, the Cornette thing, b- before you go to your question, the Cornette thing might just be that he's missed time and has been out for a while and. They just decided to give up and that's the the minutes now and well, and wait for him to get, even though he was cleared. Uh, so I I don't know if yeah. that had anything to do with it, but but we'll see. It might have. So I'm I'm going to lead to my question, which is just I I already know that my reasoning is right. My question is: Is my optimism justified? Like, is my optimism? Yeah. Man, is it totally justified or am I just like seeing stars? To me, this just seems like a better version of last year. I want Rob Williams healthy for the playoffs. I, I want my defense back for the playoffs. I want everybody healthy for the playoffs. I don't, I mean, like if we lose in the preseason to the Raptors, I, I'm pretty sure I'll be over it by, by the time the playoffs roll around. But I want Rob Williams there for the games that matter. And get your injuries out of the way now. Yeah, Get no. your rest out of the way now, man. So am I justified or am I? It, it's justified. It's justified. Uh, the the one thing I will say is that there has been the drama matters, and Ime Odoka getting suspended could matter. And I don't know if it will. Joe Mazzola could be awesome, but Ime Odoka turned around the Celtics. He set a tone for the Celtics. He set a culture of accountability. He helped create the toughness that that permeated through last season's roster. And I don't know if Joe Mazzulla will be that. Um, he could. He could be a, another great coaching hire by Brad Stevens. He could be another rookie coach who hops right in and has all those qualities to to lead a team and guide a team and handle all the adversity that comes with an 82-game schedule. He could just not need to be a great coach or do much coaching because the Celtics might just know who they are. Um, and, and that's possible after kind of finding themselves last season. And that's the biggest question I have for them is, will they stick to all this stuff 
that they did well last season. Will that all come back? Uh, and if it does, then they're going to be awesome. And they're going to justify all of your optimism. And they are going to win a lot of games. And, like, Brogdon's a very good addition. Obviously, the, the health stuff is going to be a question mark with him. Um, obviously, it's not good to see him dealing with right leg soreness already in the preseason. But you can see how his ability to get into the paint, to play off closeouts, and to set up guys for three-point shots is going to add another element to the Celtics offense. And his scoring, too. He, he gives them a guard who can score a little better than Derek White and Marcus Smart and shoot a little better than those guys and and create a little better than those guys. So he's going to be a very good addition uh, as long as he can stay healthy, as long as he can stay on the court. And if he's right, if he's good, then then they should be better than they were last season once Robert Williams comes back, assuming he comes back at something close to, to full speed. Jonathan. Jonathan, you are on the stage. What you got for us, my man? Uh, yeah, I just want to say I do share uh, Joshua B's um, enthusiasm for the season. But have we thought about maybe that um, Ime is still teaching him about accountability by not being there because of his foolish actions? This is the result. Um, I would, my question is this, pretty simple. You know, you talk about the size and I'm concerned. Um, my only thing that tempers my enthusiasm is um, we're relying on another year older Al Orford who didn't have a year off, who played a lot longer. A Rob Williams, who obviously everybody knows his history. Like, what is the solution there to feel more comfortable? I, I mean, Derek Favors, Dwight Howard. These aren't people that I are, am super enthusiastic about. So I don't know what, the actual solution is to, to cover that. Yeah, no, that that's a good question. And I, it won't matter as much if Al Horford is right. It won't matter as much if Robert Williams comes back and is relatively healthy once he does. But it's obvious how quickly that front court depth runs out. And I do think Cornette will end up playing some sort of role for the Celtics. I do think they'll be okay with Blake Griffin playing some regular season minutes and he won't like murder them when he's on the court. But like what happens if Al Horford has to miss time right now? What do they do? Is is Luke Cornette your starting center is Blake Griffin your starting center? How small are you gonna be at at that point, um, how limited are your options at that point? And, and that's, I guess, Noah Vonley going to start? Um, and and that's when it will, would really impact things. Right now, obviously, they're dealing with the Robert Williams thing. And that's going to really hurt their defense. going to really hurt the, the versatility that they have, not just to – to switch and do all those things, but switch and do all those things while being huge, which was really their separator last year. That was their differentiator. That that drove their success. Um, 
And so not having Robert Williams is going to be a big deal sometimes. But, but I do think the offense has a chance to be really, really good. And you can see during the preseason, like just the, the number of threes they've created, the quality of threes they've created, um, the ability to get to the hoop, the spacing for the drivers. Like they, they have the look of a very potent offense. Uh, and I think everybody should be excited about that. We got, I, I hope I get this name right, Aquasi. Aquasi, is that right? Yeah, that's right. Sorry about that. Hit the, hit the oh, oh, don't be sorry at all. Um, What's question? Just kind of your your observations of the other two bigs, um, of uh, Vaughn Lay and of uh, Kevin Gelly. I know we didn't get to see too much of Kevin Gelly in the last, or any of Kevin Gelly in the last two preseason games. Uh, but one thing that kind of jumped out about Vaughn Lay, at least, their their rebounding got better as Vaughn Lay got onto the floor. Um, he seemed like he was a pretty uh, pretty effective, at least on on the offensive glass. Um, but any any other observations about those two guys, or do you feel like they're going to be useful during the next the next few weeks until Robert Williams comes back? Another good question. Uh, I think I don't think they'll play too much, honestly. Uh, I think the Celtics. Jonas Will has already tipped his hand. He's gonna play smaller. Uh, but if you have to play Vonley, like he's a very good rebounder. He's been a very good rebounder in the NBA. He's proven that. He can give you a little switching. He can give you a little defensive versatility with size. Uh, and and he's just always around the ball on the glass. So he's done what he needed to do during the preseason to to probably earn a roster spot and and potentially earn minutes if. If they want to play a little bigger, if Luke Cornett still hasn't isn't ready, hasn't practiced enough, um, and and Cabangeli, it's similar deal. Like he's a little limited, but he works hard. Um, he's a size can can go up and catch a lob, can shoot the three a little bit, uh, and so. Yeah, I think I don't think those guys will play like a, a huge, huge role. Um, but but they've both been showing themselves capable during during the time that they've had during the preseason. This episode is brought to you by Michelob Ultra, the official beer sponsor of the NBA. Want to get closer to the game than ever before? Michelob Ultra Courtside is giving fans the chance to win exclusive NBA prizes and experiences like official gear, courtside seats to an NBA game, and more. Head over to MichelobUltra.com slash courtside to learn more. Looking for an assist with your credit card but can't get a hold of anyone? Luckily, with 24-7 U.S.-based live customer service from Discover, everyone has the option to talk to a real person anytime, day, or night. Yep, you heard that right. You can talk to a real human and customer service at any time. Sounds like a real game changer if you ask us. Make the right call and get the service you deserve with Discover. Limitations apply. See terms at discover.com slash credit card. 
And now, two pigeons bemoaning the fact you can stream DirecTV satellite-free. You see this? A family watching baseball on DirecTV with no satellite dish in sight. Let's heckle them. You call that changing the channel? Choke up on the remote, buddy. I hope getting all these games on DirecTV makes up for your mother not pre-chewing your sunflower seeds. DirecTV has the most MLB games. Visit DirecTV.com. Claim based on total games offered on national and regional sports networks with choice package or higher. Availability of RSNs varies by zip code and package. High-speed internet service required. Terms and restrictions apply. Uh, if if you guys want to ask questions, uh, I, w- I would love to take a few more questions. Uh, you can raise your hand on the Athletic app if you're listening live to this. Uh, we got Josh B ready ready to ask another one. I love it. He just comes back for more. The guy's always always ready. Always ready for you, man. Um, any chance that we can sign an extra big? I mean, it, it sounds to me like the big concern that we have is the depth in the big man rotation. So why not? I mean, if the only goal is to get Al Horford and Robert Williams to the playoffs healthy and rested, why are we worried about signing Derek Favors? Why are we worried about signing Boogie Cousins? Let's go spend the minimum. Let's go get another big just to reduce the minutes. Or are we just completely relying on Luke Cornett because he's raised – because he's because he's been raised through our system. Well, is, I think Derek Favors is not the guy you remember, and just like Dwight Howard is not the guy you remember, and Lamarcus Aldridge is not the guy you remember. Even Blake Griffin, not the guy you remember. Uh, and so, when the Celtics were considering other options, and obviously they ended up. Uh, signing Blake Griffin too, but when they were considering other options, they felt like Luke Cornett uh, was just as good an option as any of those guys and was capable of playing minutes, was capable of, of playing a regular season role. And they actually trust Luke Cornett and think that, that he's going to be capable for them. Um, and so I do think if, if Cornette is able to fill the Daniel Tice role, then some of the questions will go away, right? Like, then you're able to deal with a Robert Williams absence better. You're able to deal with uh, Al Horford absence better. You're able to play bigger if you want um, with Al Horford at power forward. So... And I, that could be a lot on Luke Cornett's shoulders. I don't know. I really have never seen him play rotation minutes regularly. So I'm not sure how he will handle them. Well, you, um, you saw Daniel Tice play regular re, regular rotation minutes. And from what I hear, Indianapolis wants to get into the Victor Wenbenyama sweepstakes. Any chance that we could sign him? Any chance that he gets cut and that he's willing to take the minimum? Um, or, or get bought out from the Indiana, Indiana Pacers to come rejoin the Celtics and just sit here, you know, and, and just fill time until Rob Williams comes back? Or is that a pipe Is that a pipe dream as well? There, that's a pipe dream. Uh, I believe there's a rule that precludes a team from signing a guy after trading him um, if he does get bought out. So that would be a no-go. Uh, but, but I do – believe that eventually trading for someone is 
probably not just, I, I would say that's a probability uh, that they end up trading for a backup big who would be able to handle playoff minutes and be good in playoff minutes. Um, and I don't, and, and maybe, you know, one of their current backup bigs changes their mind about that, goes out and, and plays really well and earns the minutes and convinces them that they don't have to go out and, and get a, a backup big. But with Robert Williams and uh, an injury risk and Al Horford at his age, like having a good backup is going to matter at some point. And I, I, I do think that that they are looking ahead um, and thinking that they might go out and target uh, a legitimate backup big. Like, I don't, I mean, I'm just saying this name because he's, I believe, on a expiring contract in a situation that doesn't really, for a team that doesn't really want to win, is Jakob Pertl. Like, that would make some sense. That would make a lot of sense for the Celtics if the Spurs decide to move him at some point, like go out and try to get a Jakob Pertl or somebody of that caliber who you could feel comfortable with on the court in a playoff game. Well, that would be ideal. But, I mean, the the idea is that in the event that we, you know, I mean, the idea is that for the playoffs, we want our Robert Williams. We want our Al Horford out there. We want the Derek Whites and, and to be able to go small and just to rotate in our bigs and use Grant Williams um, there. But I need those guys healthy for the playoffs. That's where I really need them. I need Robert Williams in the playoffs. I need Al Horford in the playoffs. So for me, at least, and I can't imagine other Celtics fans don't feel this way, having the versatility to go to the double bigs lineup, it matters for the regular season. And right now, and it's not really a diss to Luke Cornett, even if it sounds like a diss to Luke Cornett, I just don't know that he can do that. I don't think anybody knows. We haven't seen him do it in regular season minutes. If he develops um, and is able to occupy that second bid role um, and give us that versatility, then I think all Celtics fans will be super happy. But what we really need is to be able to trot out that death lineup, that defensive lineup um, at full power for the, for the playoffs. That's what gives us our, our chance. Um, is is there faith that Luke Cornett's going to be able to soak up the minutes and to keep Al Horford fresh, or are we just going to try and play small sort of throughout the season? And then I'll get off the stage. But th- this topic, like, is worth exploring, at least in my eyes. Yeah, it, it's a really important topic, and and one that will not just be dictated by the personnel, but also by Joe Mazzulla. You know, he's, he's a new voice a head coach, a new decision maker. And he might have a different vision than Emi Odoka. Emi Odoka decided last year that staying big was the way to go. He hardly ever played Grant Williams at center. He started Robert Williams and Al Horford. He often used Daniel Tice as the backup big and stayed big off the bench. Um, and so does Joe Mazzulla think the same way and does the Malcolm Brogdon edition just change the change the math um, because he gives them an extra guard who's very good who will play significant amount of minutes does that just change the math and make you want to stay smaller so it's an important question um, 
it's one that Missoula will have to figure out. And I do think it's one that that could change the Celtics identity in a way uh, and make them more offensive minded and offensive leaning with their personnel decisions than they were last season. And so we'll see. We'll see. Uh, it, that, that part is really interesting to me, though, because there's a it's, it could be very different than it was last season, at least while Robert Williams is out. And that, that'll be a while. So it's really interesting. Akwasi, welcome back. Welcome back. Uh, okay. Uh, so my next <laughs> question is about the um, just uh, observations in terms of development. Um, I know that it, it looks like playmaking and the Jays have kind of taken a step when it comes to playmaking and that the uh, or that Derek White, maybe his shot has improved somewhat, but are there any other um, observations from this like preseason sample in terms of uh, steps that other Celtics have taken? Yeah, yeah. yeah. I, I, think I, I think some of some Grant Williams' is, some of his moves um, were pretty impressive and suggest that maybe he has a little more to his game than he did before, is willing to show a little more to his game than he did before. Uh, I just think the strength that Jason Tatum has just keeps growing. Uh, the physicality on his drives, he, he's clearly gotten so much better at that during his time in the NBA, but I thought the floater he hit over, was it Precious Achua? In tonight's game against the Raptors, like just really playing through contact really dictating the terms of, of that match of that drive with his physicality and being able to finish over the top of that. That's important. Um, it, it's hard to tell so far, like who's, who's really added a lot. Um, Derek White, he's been shooting, obviously shot the ball extremely well against the Raptors tonight. Uh, and if he can shoot, if he shoots better than he did last season, that could be a big deal. So, yeah, we'll see. I, I think more team-wise, uh, just the, the reliance on the three-pointer and the ability to create three-point shots, like, they've really done a good job with that. And I think Malcolm Brogdon, the way he's run the second unit, has a lot to do with that. We got Paulie D. Please tell me you're DJ Paulie D. No, sir. That, that's uh, but, a little yeah. disappointing, but... <laughs> we we have like thirteen contracts, and uh, we might get Vonley for the fourteenth. What, what would we do with a fifteenth? Will we get another center, or we get a, a Jackson? Maybe we 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 uh we sign Jackson to a contract. Yeah, I think the yeah. the, op- the options that they have right now are Jackson and and Layman, probably, and and that. Those guys, um, I don't know if they would play a, a major role on the team, obviously. Um, but but it seems like they are certainly in the mix for that. Uh, and if tonight's decisions have anything to do with it, Justin Jackson played at the end of the game, and Jake Lehman did not get in the game. So 
we'll see how that goes. Um, I'm not sure. I don't know who is in the lead there. I don't know, quite honestly, if if Derek Favors is somebody who will convince them to go out and sign, look for another big man. Um, but they already went out and got Blake Griffin. Vonley has looked pretty good throughout preseason, like like he could at least be worthy of a roster spot. Um, so I I doubt Favors is in the plans. And if he is, then that could mean that even though they were planning to give Vonley a roster spot, that that could be in jeopardy. Um, but I'm, I'm just spitballing here. I, I have no information on that. And the only reason why I'm even discussing Derek Favors is because the Celtics could obviously use uh, a serviceable big man, and Derek Favors was once that. So that's that's now we're back to Jonathan. How you doing, my man? You know what? I just can't resist it. You know, I can't I can't I stay it. away from it. Uh, <laughs> uh, well, you know, Joshua B broke the seal, so he'll he'll <laughs> to just keep popping back on. Uh, you mentioned a few times about you know the offense and. I guess, you know, I, it's pretty obvious that it's it's hard to disagree with what you're saying about it being a uh, a better offense this year, at least, uh, or it looks like it could be, and then with Brogdon, obviously. But my question is, if, if our differentiator last year was being, you know, a big defensive-minded team, and it's not this year, is our offense – like based on what you've seen from the Celtics compared to other Eastern conference teams, because Eastern conference is stacked. Is it good enough to be as much of a differentiator? Like, are we, are we that much better of an offense this year to make us as good a, you know, we'll, we'll even out if that, if that makes sense. I'm trying to say, is it good? You know, that makes sense. Um, I'm, well, first of all, I don't think the defense will just, like, drop off a cliff. They're going to be very good defensively. And they are going to – like, their defensive personnel, even when they're small, you've got Mark, a starting lineup with Marcus Smart, Derek White, Jason Tatum, Jalen Brown, and Al Horford. Like, that's that's going to get a lot of stops. Um, the – what I was talking about with the differentiator of the size and physicality last season is just, like, when they played big, their defense was just head and shoulders above anyone else's in the league. When Robert Williams and Al Horford were on the court, teams had so much trouble scoring on the Celtics. And I, I don't know – actually, I, I, I'm pretty comfortable saying that when Robert Williams is out, they don't have a unit that will be that at that level defensively. Um but I do think the offense could be better this year. To your question uh, about whether it's better enough, the Celtics, I believe, led the league in offense. If they didn't lead the league, they were second in offense after the trade deadline. And that's when they started passing the ball. And that's when they started uh, sacrificing, and, you know, looking for better shots on every possession and, and all of that. And, 
Atlanta when they had Derek White instead of Dennis Schroeder and Josh Richardson. So the, the, from that point on, they were an elite offense, and I think they could be better this season. I, you look at the the shooting in the second unit, they could have, like, realistically, they could have four 40% three-point shooters or close to it coming off their bench. And that's Grant Williams, that's Sam Hauser, that's Malcolm Brogdon, and that's Peyton Pritchard, even though Pritchard probably won't play a lot of nights, like just another option to shoot. Then they've got Blake Griffin, who can shoot. They've got Luke Cornett, who will shoot, although he's never shot a, a great percentage. Uh, so there's just going to be a lot of spacing and a lot of room for guys to create. And and that's normally a very good recipe for offense, especially when you've got a talent like Jason Tatum and a talent like J- Jalen Brown, who can can really make things easier for for other guys around them the way that they played at the end of last season. So I just think that this team is is pretty far along offensively. Um, you can just see the passing. The passing has been impressive, especially for, for preseason action. Um, and I think Brogdon really, really does make a difference with that. The, the way he can, he can really break through into the paint. Uh, gets a lot of paint touches, sprays it out to, to open teammates. He's unselfish. And I, I just think he has another, not just with his, his shooting, but with the way he helps out shooters and sets them up. Uh, that's that's a big deal for their second unit. Um, because Peyton Pritchard, he, he shot really well last season, but he didn't make plays. For, for other guys very often. He didn't get in the paint a lot. He, he wasn't penetrating and, and dishing. Um, but Brogdon does a lot of that. So I, I've been very impressed by their offense so far, just the process of it, uh, how quickly they're playing, the pace, and and the quality of shots that they're getting. I, I just think, especially because without Robert Williams, because Robert Williams is a very good offensive player. Like he, he changes their offense. Um, and and to to be able to score the way that they have, and they they might need to score more because they'll be playing smaller more often. But but they they've really really done a pretty nice job offensively so far, I think. And maybe that's just because they played the Hornets. <laughs> and and uh, but but they they also went went nuts against the Raptors, so they. Uh, all promising signs from the offense so far. That'll just about do it. It's 11.30 p.m. on a Friday night. I need to get some sleep. And I'm just very grateful for Peyton Pritchard for not forcing a, a double overtime. Very grateful to all the people listen live late at night on a Friday night who asked questions, who contributed. Like, I, I really appreciate you guys for that. Um, it's so cool to me that, that people come on our show and listen to my eyes and ask questions. Like that's so, so cool to me. I am missing Packer tonight. Solo pods just aren't the same. Definitely can't wait for Packer to get back, but he should be back next episode. 
and we will be back soon. Anything is potable. It's true. As you've probably heard by now, we've teamed up with BetMGM this season. We'll be using BetMGM lines to make all of our picks, and we'll have special offers for our listeners each week. If you haven't signed up for BetMGM yet, use bonus code THEATHLETIC, and you'll get a one-year subscription to The Athletic, plus up to a $1,500 first bet offer on your first wager with BetMGM. Here's how it works. Download the BetMGM app and sign up using bonus code THEATHLETIC. Make your first deposit of at least $10. Place your first bet on any game and claim your voucher for a one-year subscription to The Athletic. See BetMGM.com for terms. U.S. promotional offers not available in D.C., Mississippi, New York, Nevada, Ontario, or Puerto Rico. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER. Available in the U.S. Call 877-8-HOPE-NY or text HOPE-NY 467-369 in New York. Call 1-800-NEXT-STEP in Arizona. 1-800-327-5050 in Massachusetts. 1-800-BETS-OFF in Iowa. 1-800-270-7117 for confidential help in Michigan. 1-800-981-0023 in Puerto Rico. First bet offer for new customers only in partnership with Kansas Crossing Casino and Hotel. Don't forget, if you haven't signed up for BetMGM yet, use bonus code THEATHLETIC and you'll get a one-year subscription to The Athletic plus up to a $1,500 first bet offer on your first wager.